What up? It's been a New York minute. And everything has changed. I am back. Took a hiatus. Had to get situated in my own realm of life. And now I'm ready to cover the 2021 NBA playoffs. Now we've seen some popcorn be dropped on players. The ill-advised spit from the New York fan on Trey Young and 50 and the girl he was beside as well to his lady. The disrespect now that the fans are back in the stadium feeling as if they owe their team. A little more solidarity to show how much they've missed being idiots while the game is being played. But enough about the theatrics. Let's get into the basketball realm of the life itself. And the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks and the struggle that the Heat are in right now due to the fact that they no longer are able to control the pace of the game. In order for the Miami Heat to even dig themselves out of this 2-0 hole after game one saw a 4 for 22 from Jimmy Butler, 4 for 15 from Bam Adebayo, Three for eight from Ariza. Duncan Robinson, far better, four, seven for 13. And that was all from three-point land. He had 24. He was the leading scorer after Dragic with 25 off the bench. And he was 10 for 17. But you had that buzzer beater by the one and only Middleton at the end with a little bit of seconds left on the clock. But nothing that... Miami could have done anything with once once they got the ball, but the second game was a different realm of life for the Miami Heat. It just seemed as a separation in that game one situation was enough for them not to recover from. And with 16 points from Bam Adebayo and 10 points from Jimmy Butler, Bam 5 of 11, a total of three rebounds. Butler, two rebounds, four assists, two steals. Now, when he was successful in the bubble against the Los Angeles Lakers and against the Milwaukee Bucks after Giannis went down, he was facilitating the ball. He was moving it around. He was passing it. He was getting up and being the aggressor. Far different situation now that Milwaukee's team is situated with Chris Middleton and P.J. Tucker in the corner as well, too, giving them much-needed defensive presence as well as their offense. The starters alone for Milwaukee out-rebounded those of the Miami Heat. 35-15. to 15. Giannis had 13. Drew Holiday had 7. Plus he had 15 assists as well too. DiFacenzo, 7 rebounds. Brooke Lopez with 6. Middleton with 2. Middleton was 4 for 5 from the floor. 3 for 3 from 3. He finished with 17 points. Giannis, 31. Drew with the double-double, 15 assists, as I said, 11 rebounds. And Brian Forbes off the bench, 22 points, 8 for 12. Pat Cuttington, 15 points, 5 for 9. Bobby, don't mess with me, Portis, 3 for 6, 11 points off the bench. 
the leading bench production, Tyler Hero, one for five. Iguodala, one for one on one shot. Just a lot of not what Miami is used to. Hopefully the change of venue gets them back on track, gets them situated, motivated, and knowing that they're in a hole that they've dug themselves in defensively and especially the starters offensively and collectively, something has to happen. I don't know if you interchange Arizo with Hero and try to get some active offense because Hero off the bench, first game, he was 2 for 10. He did finish with 10 points. He was 2 for 5 from downtown, 19 minutes in that game. He played 17 minutes in game number two. But the Milwaukee Bucks have a better team. Giannis is not playing the top of the key and trying to drive through people. He's getting the ball off the wing. They've moved the ball around with Tucker, with Holiday. Their offense has shifted and changed, and this is a better, better look for the Milwaukee Bucks going forward. So game three is on tonight in Miami. And Miami has to just go after something. Desperation is the only course of meal they're looking to ingest today or digest. And if they don't come out active, together, focused, and on task to take one game back and to make it a series and try to tie it up with these two games at home, maybe a possibility that Milwaukee does sweep. Miami could still one game, but I don't see Miami doing anything productive to slow down what Milwaukee's doing. They're controlling the glass. 51 rebounds they had in game number one. Those Miami Heat. Game two, they come out with 36. You have 61 total rebounds in game number two for the Milwaukee Bucks. 36 in game number two for the Miami Heat. Game 1, 51 for the Miami Heat. 64 total rebounds for the Milwaukee Bucks. So despite the active glass awareness that the Heat are possessing right now, Milwaukee's just got bigger bodies and more aggressive bodies that are going after the glass. And rebounding dictates the pace of the game, changes the flow, and also helps your team manipulate the other team if they're not able to control that side of the backboard. Key assets that these Miami Heat have to settle in before tip-off tonight. Don't see a bright side to this with the killers on that one, but I do not see Miami making any form of trouble. Milwaukee still remembers what happened in that bubble and how they were riding on Middleton throughout that when Giannis went down. Giannis is now healthy with a better team than it was in the bubble. Not so one-dimensional as they were before. I'm seeing the Milwaukee Bucks take this one. This one. Might be going up 3-0, looking for a sweep, just like the other team that I've been talking about. Since the get-go, no sleep till Brooklyn. Just remember what I was talking about next up you got the portland trailblazers and the denver nuggets and this series is all about who is playing better the day of Jokic is the mvp regardless of what people are trying to say there's no way 
that big man with that facility of passing, the ability to play the point, scoring as much as he does, leading in the assist column as a big man. Great, great turnaround for him. Jamal Murray did go down, and that may hamper this series for Denver. Everything rides on his shoulder. As long as Lillard can stay away from dropping 42 a game, I believe the Denver Nuggets might make this a seven-game series, but may end up taking the victory. I understand Melo's back in town. First game, he was out of his mind. He was hitting everything he threw up. And the second game kind of came back down to earth with that regards. One for five from the floor, one for four from three in game number two. Game number one, he was six for 12 from the floor, four for eight from three out of those 12 shots. The majority of the threes he was knocking down. So it all it's all a Jekyll and Hyde combination for the Portland Trailblazers. If they can get their team playing as if it was game number one, everybody involved, benches playing well, everybody's rebounding and going after, they're good. 39 rebounds in game one. The Portland Trail Blazers had 40 in game number two. 48 the Denver Nuggets had in game number one, but were just horrendous with shooting. And that third quarter of the 38 to 25 shellacking opened up a different kind of game for those Portland Trail Blazers to seal the deal in game number one. Game number two. Denver controlled the quarters. Second quarter outscored them 42-36 to 36 over Portland. Third quarter hit 28 for Denver, 26 for Portland in that quarter. 27 in the fourth, 22 for Portland in the fourth quarter. 128-109 victory, and it's even series. It's going to be a difficult task for the Portland Trailblazers to keep up with Joker in the middle. He's going to do a lot of stuff to whoever is in charge and in front of them. They can get JaVel McGee to be inserted in the game somehow, give him some activeness. Michael Porter playing extremely well too. It's just the gaping hole at the point guard position. I know Austin Rivers has stepped in. You know, he's playing 33 minutes. He was two for six in game number one in that loss. I just feel as if CJ and Dame start going, it might be a different circumstance going forward. But you got to contend with Joker. You got to make sure Joker is out of the lane. Do not give him room to see over the defense because he is a pass first kind of big. But he will take you up on that mismatch if you present it to him. And the, he's going to be MVP. Sorry to say anybody else who thinks otherwise, but there's no other person in the league that deserves it. And that is my take on that. But Portland and Denver, that looks like a seven-game series, even six. If Portland can steal this, Portland steals this one and pushes the series even further. But if Denver comes out and tries to silence all the crowd, no noise whatsoever, then I see them turning the series, and they probably take it in six. But if Portland does take this game, it's going to go seven. 
in that series in the first round. And now, since the Trippers are not really being productive, but I'll talk about that tomorrow, I got to focus on the other LA team, and those are the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul never can stay healthy in these playoffs, and it always seems as an issue later on, but not this early in the playoff series. Rebounding, LA, they had 39 rebounds in game number two. 33 of those came from the starters. Anthony Davis had 10. Andre Drummond double-double with 12. He also had 15 points. AD, 7 assists, along with 34. LeBron James, 23 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. Schroeder had 24. He also crashed the glass with three, along with 3 assists. Caldwell Pope was an offer. LeBron was in his ear telling him to shoot the ball. That's why I passed it to you. And, you know, a little aggressive Draymond Green to KD back in the Golden State days when everybody was cordial with each other on that floor. But the assist column, the Lakers and the Suns, it doesn't really seem as if 21 total assists for a Chris Paul-led team and 24 total assists for a LeBron James-led team is a recipe for the Phoenix Suns to manage and win going forward. A lot of inexperience. I know Devin Booker has been playing without cause for life, as if he's not his first time in it, but he was over from downtown in game number two. He finished with 31. Most of those came from the free throw line. He was 17 for 17 from there. 7 for 17 from the floor. DeAndre Ayton, 11 for 13, 22 points, 10 total rebounds in game number two. Compared to his dominance in game number one, when he had 30, when he had 21 points and 16 rebounds, it kind of kept him off the glass on that end, didn't make him change the course of play that way. Drummond actually stepped up, played big, did what he was supposed to do, what he was brought there for. Six-game series, maybe five. I see L.A. taking this one. I think they get their rust out. They feel their way through this and kind of get their continuity. Montrez is not even suited up. He is a no-go. He hasn't played, so I don't know if that's a strategy from coach or just something that he plans on using different mismatches going forward. But Phoenix is only playing four players off their bench four sometimes three and with Chris Paul and I, and I know Cameron Payne is doing his best when he steps in and trying to be productive edgewise but to lose Chris Paul and replace it with Cameron Payne no slight on Cameron Payne but your offense is different there's less pick and rolls there's less in-betweens Chris Paul kind of lulls that that pick and roll and sets that big up for a pull-up jump shot just in his reach, out of the big's reach for a block shot, or he'll play him inside and get him inside and look to pass. Very crafty with that, but in that pick and roll situation, you have to either attack or set up yourself for an open jump shot as a point guard, or you're looking somewhere else to pass. And Cameron Payne doesn't offer that in that regard. So Drummond can play the same way he played in game number two, 
I see the Lakers actually being a more dominant and productive team going forward in these playoffs. They need Drummond to play big. AD can play his four spot, get what he needs to get. Don't have to worry about the glass as much. And the two of them on the court together pose a problem height-wise and just interior presence for that front court. That didn't have that last year. Yes, Dwight was there, but Dwight wasn't a guy that they would be drawing plays up. Dwight did what he had to do when he had the ball. Don't get me wrong. Rondo did what he had to do when he got the ball. Now that there's fans in these stands, things are different, atmospheres change, it kind of gets back to a new nor- normality for these NBA players. Some of them thrived in that bubble without the crowd, without people in their face and so on and so forth. And some people, bright lights, they play the best. And the Lakers seem this series might be a feel-out if Chris Paul cannot go and he's not as healthy. He says he heard something pop. And till this day, they're not saying what it was, if it was Kellogg's Rice Krispies or he just needs a little milk for his ailing bones. Nobody knows, but I don't think that will stop him from being productive edgewise in regards to this Lakers and the Phoenix series. It will be a difficult task for the Suns. If they do pull off this upset, I will be impressed, shocked, and in awe, and kind of not surprised at the same time. They were the two seed. I know the Lakers suffered some injuries with AD and LeBron going out, and then the continuity wasn't the same. These guys haven't played together. But hopefully with practice and so on and so forth, they get out this series and push themselves to the next round. But we'll see what they do. We will see what the Suns have in store, if they can rebound and play a game one as they did when Chris Paul didn't even play that much. It looked like the Lakers were in cement. I kind of got punched in the face, and now they realize, hey, we're in a playoff series with a team that wants to win. So recapping those two prior games for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat, talked about the Lakers and the Suns, as well as the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. But the ill-advised spit that was thrown from someone's esophagus onto a player on the court, I don't know for what reason that anyone in their right mind would think that would be acceptable in the walks of life. If anyone ever spit on you in person, that would be a fight and it would be a justifiable fight just for the sake of the disrespect that that presents on in anybody's world i don't think anybody just allows people to spit at them and be like oh that's cool i'm down for that the fact that this guy was not punched right then and there is surprising to me i because I just could not condone that if I was even a friend of this individual that done that. But they know how he looks. Twitter got him. They let everybody on him. His face was out there, and now he's banned for the entire, I hope, entirety of his lifetime in New York, period. Also, dude that threw popcorn on Westbrook, I don't know what you're thinking. I understand you're in the stands, and you're separated from himself 
but let's be real. Man left due to injury, and you decide to waste your $10 popcorn on him for what? Like, I wouldn't pour no popcorn on anyone from the stadium I just purchased. That $10, I don't know if it could be $12 popcorn that you just wasted as if you thinking you would do that. The people that were in the vicinity of you doing that would say, yeah, yeah, we're going to let you lay low on this one. And everybody turned to call you out. And I'm glad they did, because that is not a condonable act, just like that spitting as well, too. But that is my little rant. I have to go off a little bit. Been off for a New York minute. Knicks are 1-1. Their series is tied up at one apiece. Raptors, like I said at the start of this season, they weren't going to make the playoffs, and they actually did not make the playoffs because their team is structured to not compete. And they got to think about a lot of other things going forward, like I talked about before. They had 24 games at the end of the season to make a run, and they just drank every single bottle in that 2-4 and just got drunk with injuries. And no players whatsoever played. But that is my time for now. I appreciate you listening taking a gander at it, but it's playoff time. And it's a different type of atmosphere with the limited crowd and just the players getting a new feel of what was is becoming back to what is. For those who haven't gotten their doses of that 19, if you have the ability to get it, do it up. The more, the merrier, the safer, the better. Astro, not so go. That stuff is ill-advised and not something I would recommend. But do your research before you do anything. Find out the facts before you ingest anything and be productive in life. So the next time, appreciate you taking the time to take a listen. KP, we out. Appreciate you.